welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we are talking about the adorable Luca. Yay! Oh, it was so cute. So cute. So like such a good like friendship movie and mm-hmm. growing up movie and like also like little boy friendship which like i feel like is under served in yeah. modern disney pixar stuff yeah i liked it a lot um yeah so the movie came out this year and was fully made from working from home and at the end of the credits it says apparently produced in our slippers around the bay area because everybody was working from home <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was cute that is cute yeah this movie is brought to you by soft pants indeed and dropbox etc servers <laughs> i'm sure they use something fancier than dropbox oh yeah but you know the disney cloud yeah. probably Exa- yeah exactly i'm sure they have their own cloud um, or several of them something yeah. yeah so luca is about a young boy named luca who is a sea monster um in Italy so it's in the Mediterranean Sea and he is you know would be good friends with Ariel he's very curious about the the human world and the world up there and he um his parents like are really worried about him and overprotective and threaten to send him to the deep with his crazy uncle Mm -hmm. yes um and for like misbehaving and running away and then he really runs away and goes onto land and apparently the kind of sea monster that he is when they go on land, they turn into looking like humans. Um, so then, yeah, he goes on land and he meets another sea monster human friend and they meet real humans and have adventures. Indeed. And yes, it's great. It is great. So it kind of works like his fish monster to human thing works like Splash. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah not salt water she was only salt water mm. they are any kind of any water. water yeah so like when it rains it's big trouble uh-huh. or like they spill a yeah. glass of water yeah yeah but in like classic animated they just like wipe it and then it's yeah. gone yeah <laughs> they're yeah. dry as soon as they get like mostly dry yeah it's they turn back okay. which is fun um so yeah most of the book most of the movie takes place in this small town in italy um they and the friend they make are like trying to win a race and do all this fun stuff and yeah so but most of the beginning is in the ocean mm-hmm. and because that's where we love to be we're gonna uh-huh. focus all of our stuff on that mostly yeah uh except i wanted to see if you wanted to do a triathlon of swimming biking and pasta eating with me yes um i would like the pasta eating please because I am a slow swimmer and I don't really like to ride a bike. Um, yeah, it's my kind of triathlon. Actually, I would rather like running, swimming, and eating pasta. Yeah, also that works. would be my kind of triathlon. Yeah, um, very cute, very very cute. Um, yeah, so there's like all kinds of cool, weird fish and fish behavior in their like undersea environment, and yeah, so it's like some really kooky unexpected um fish morphology and fish um behaviors and stuff that we're going to talk about which is like one of my favorite things to learn about so Mm -hmm. yeah liz do you want to start with the first one yeah so in the very beginning he luca is rounding up his fish sheep 
basically. Yeah. It's, it's like a school of fish, but he's treating them like sheep and takes them off to eat and algae and all that stuff. It's adorable. Um, and one of them has a bunch of babies in their mouth. So I was going to, I wanted to talk about mouth brooders, which are a couple, couple, a bunch of different species of fish. So it's not like a genus or anything. It's just a collective name of different kinds of ones. One of the biggest ones is um, African cichlids mm-hmm. who can hold eggs in their mouth for 21 to 36 days. They are freshwater Some, fish. Yeah, they're freshwater. Some mouth brooders are paternal as well and others are maternal. Mm-hmm. Um, so they include cichlids, catfish, cardinal fish, pikeheads, jawfish, arowanas, grammies. Grammies. Um, so yeah, so for these kinds of fish, parental care starts when the eggs are fertilized and then they have shelter after they're hatched. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, during this time, they obviously don't eat because then the eggs would escape because they're in water. So that's how things work like that. <laughs> um, and then also there are, especially in cichlids, there are distinct behavioral cues that when their danger is present, the young no, and they will come back to her mouth as well to seek protection. Yeah, it's so which cute. Which is adorable. Oh, yeah. I've seen it, and it's really, really, really cute. Oh, you yeah, have? Like, That's so yeah, cute. we used to have lots of cichlids at my old work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super cute, because, yeah, they're just, like, out, you know, the fish are out, like, doing their thing, like, eating, mom's eating, and then, like, yeah, if, like, there's a splash or an unexpected shadow or something, they all just, like, slip back in. Aww. Very cute. That's super cute. So, yeah, it's one of those, like, classic random fish behaviors that are always in like opening montages of ocean cartoons like it's probably in on it's definitely in nemo and it's probably in little oh yeah that and the um the small fish that clean bigger fish's teeth the names one of them is parrotfish and the other one i can't remember right now yeah um for sure but both of those are very like cliche things we're gonna put in a montage about fish the ocean's weird guys don't know if you knew it happens kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's next in the movie, but next that I'm going to talk about is the anglerfish, which are awesome. Yes. We talked about them in our first other ever episode. Oh. When we did Nemo. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I probably then put a link to this video in <laughs> that those show notes also. But if you look in the show notes, there's an excellent um, like nerd rock song all about anglerfish, and it's delightful. Um, so yeah, anglerfish are a bony fish that they live super deep, and they have like hanging off of their snout a little like lure, like a little fishing rod that has a little bit of glowy um, luminescence from some like bioluminescent bacteria. And then they hang that in front of their mouth to try to um, lure prey because they live in the deep sea. So there's not a lot of other light. And yeah, that's how they catch food. The cool thing is that they are extremely sexually dimorphic, like over the top. So the males are the ones that you mostly would see, or sorry, the females are the ones that you mostly would see. So like all the big ones that have the lures, the males are basically mm, sperm containing parasites essentially rather than like traditional mating or spawning the male will literally burrow onto the side of the female and like inject sperm into her that way or like mix sperm with her eggs that way and then she he just becomes like a parasite on the side of the female and that's how they breed um so yeah the male is like way smaller and um yeah they're pretty cool there's several different um genuses and species of them so they 
are like in the bony fish or the actinopterygii um, group. But then there's like, I don't even know how many species, but they're found worldwide. Um, most are, deep, they live mostly in the deep sea. There are some like that are related that don't have as much luminescence uh, that are hmm. more shallow. And also they don't all do the sexual um, sexual dimorphism. That's only in like the deep sea anglerfish. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because it takes so much effort in the dark to find. to find a mate. Yeah. So like once once a male runs into a female, he's just like going to stick to her and not lose her slash vice versa. Whatever it takes. Procreation. Yeah. And they've been around like evolutionarily for a long time, like maybe 55 million years ago, which is cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really long for deep sea fish. I don't actually know about time frames for deep sea animals. I just feel yeah, I like bony fish are the latest on the evolutionary tree. Yeah, they're they're pretty early in the bony fish. In the bony fishes land. Yeah, from what I remember. I could be wrong on that, but my vague memories of fish evolution which are getting to be pretty old um seem to tell me that. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. I don't know. They're weird looking, so uh-huh. sure they were early. Uh-huh. Then they sorted out and became less weird looking? I don't know. Basically. That's not true. Mola molas are like the most the most recent and they're the weirdest looking fish of all. <laughs> yeah. No, recent recent divergence and weirdness is that I don't think there's much correlation. No, not at all. Yeah. Fish are weird looking. And True. That's fact. the end of that story. Speaking of which, the other fish that this weird uncle from the deep is based on two different fish. Um, an angler fish and then a barrel eye fish, which is also known as a spook fish. Mm. It's very appropriate for September. Um, <laughs> so that's also a deep sea fish. It's very small and it's found in tropical to temperate waters. So not really Mediterranean. Yeah, that could count. Well, kind of. It just says Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian Ocean. Oh, yeah. So, so it would usually yeah. would specify. Yeah. Yeah. So these fish are named because of their barrel shaped tubular eyes, which are generally directed upwards to detect silhouettes of available prey because they're deep sea fish. So that's super creepy. The image on this Wikipedia page is unpleasant. I'm not really a fan. But explain why we know that they have barrel-shaped eyes. <laughs> yeah, so their skulls are transparent, and they can also move their eyes around. Um, mm-hmm. as well, and so the, so they have lots of... So they have the transparent heads, and the dome, mm-hmm. which are dome-shaped, and they can collect more iridescent in incident light um, and protect their eyes from stinging cells and it may their eyes and their the way that their eyes are set up in their skull with the fancy dome and everything may also serve as an accessory and could help refract light with an index close to seawater so they might be the only vertebrate known to use a mirror that's so cool yeah (laughs) to focus on images to find prey that's cool these fish are cool yeah a mirror yeah or a lens like to help Improve yeah, their eyesight. Like improve, yeah. yeah, so either glasses or a mirror. Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh, oh, man. And then they've got lots of other stuff like luminous. Some have luminous organs with bioluminescence and stuff. Just basically those that kind of stuff is like your generic, generic deep, deep sea, sea adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of light in different places. Oh, so. and I just saw, so they use light that shines below them to break up their silhouette so that any prey that's underneath them they like use counter it's like counter illumination so it's like oh, so man. they blend in with the light coming from above these fish are so cool casting a shadow yeah creepy looking as i'll yep. get out but very cool awesome. yeah okay learn more about these fish 
Very cool. There should be a movie about them. Like a whole movie. I, just part of I agree. Movie. But first we gotta do the seahorse movie. Seriously. Yes, and also clams. Yes. Obviously. Well, one's a Disney yeah. movie, one's a horror movie. You know. That's true. I do know that. <laughs> um, How have they not done a seahorse Disney movie? I don't this understand. ridiculous. They're so cute. And then we'll save all the seahorses and all of our problems will be solved. True fact. Um, so Luca, as a little boy, or as like a young sort of like maybe, I don't know. I think when he's human, he looks like he's like 12, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So his, he has a little like job or chores or whatever with his undersea sea monster family. And he's like a little shepherd boy. He looks after um, fish and they have like algae patches and stuff. And then, um, yeah, he like herds them around, which is very cute. And it also is. seems far from the realm of reality, but is less far than you would think. So there's a group of fish called damselfish which are closely related actually to clownfish, as in Nemo. Um, mm-hmm. And they do lots of strange things. But one of the one that we're focusing on is that they um, basically farm in some parts of the world, they farm certain kinds of algae. So there's a link in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing, but it's basically about damselfish rearing uh, a red algae in the Indo-West Pacific. So it's a form of mutualism. So it's like not predation or parasitism or competition. It's like another interaction, which is like mutually benefits both sides of the relationship. So they like weed out other algae, pick out all the algae that grows that isn't the one that they want. The one they want is like a filamentous algae called polysiphonia. Um, And then they weed out any other algae that crops up in their patches they defend it from invading herbivores, and in some cases, even farm little mice and shrimp to help fertilize oh their algae God. farm. It's the cutest thing in the world. Basically, yes. Can they be like the neighbors of the seahorses in this Disney movie? Oh man, that would be so cute. Yeah, so they do eat small invertebrates, which would include these mice and shrimp, but they don't eat these mice in their little farms. Um, and like, it's hard to know, like, exactly how much all these, ob- it says here, like, all these observations point to a pet-like relationship between the mycid shrimp and these damselfish. So, basically, the mycid shrimp are not usually found in swarms, except for in these algae farms. And then they have this, like, lo- well-grown, like, algae that's, like, just the algae that, they're, that they like to eat. Um, very cute. Damselfish also do like cool courtship behaviors and they guard mm-hmm. their nests. They can be quite territorial of their little farm areas or their nests also. Um, yeah, you've probably seen damselfish are really common, um, like saltwater aquarium pets. They are also they're mostly tropical, but they some live in subtropical, like the um, the Garibaldi, which is off the coast of California and Mexico, um, which is like, that's like, I think the largest damselfish, but most of them are a lot smaller than that. Um, Garibaldi are like, I don't know couple feet long most are like i don't know hand hand size roughly um would be average but yeah they're found sort of all over the tropics but uh their farming behavior obviously is like very specific um to like certain species have different farming practices which is cool Mm -hmm. apparently according to google uh deb deb from fighting Nemo was a damselfish oh okay that makes sense yeah because she's Blue and white, and it's got the big, long, mm-hmm, fin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, they're super common, um, and there's lots of different species and color patterns and stuff. Yeah, if you Google them, you'll be like, oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen those in my friend's mm-hmm. aquarium or at the an aquarium or whatever. Or yeah. at the dentist or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in Finding Nemo. <laughs> or in our upcoming feature, Mr. Seahorse. Ooh, I love it. Or maybe so Mrs. Good. Seahorse. I don't know. Like, I think we need to come in with the theme. Like, is yeah. it about the dad and how he raises them? Mm-hmm. Is it about two gay seahorses raising eggs that they've gotten? Yeah, maybe. Know. Or is it about baby seahorses? Yeah, there's so many options. Baby yeah. seahorses learning how to be seahorses sea in horse? their neighbor's algae farm? Oh yes, please. It's so cute. I can't deal with it. Yep. If if our podcast stops suddenly, we've gone to produce this movie. If it stops yep. gradually, we'll be in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the one other thing I just wanted to briefly touch on, because it's briefly touched, like we've gone so much out of this weird uncle who's in like one scene, um, but he does make a lot of ridiculous jokes about whale carcasses and eating them. So I wanted to say, if you wanted to learn more about whale falls and how incredibly important they are to mm. deep sea animals, we have a full Whale Tales podcast episode about it. So I'll put Ooh, it yeah. in the show notes because whale falls, which if you don't know, is when a whale dies and sinks to the bottom and then all the different things that it does yeah. for the ecosystem. And it it basically feeds like starts billions of species. Yeah, it like kickstarts a whole new ecosystem there because it yeah. like, depending on where it lands. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like there's... We've, in those show notes, there's super cool videos of finding mm-hmm. them, and like, and also like the guys operating the robot just freaking out because mm-hmm. it's so cool. Um, anyway, so highly recommend, and not just because it's our other podcast. Maybe. It's so but, good though. Yeah, some of the videos in it are so cool and creepy. So also, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. And whale falls are just so awesome in general. Anyway, that was just a side note of nerding out, and also apparently Pixar's 35 years old, and I am an old lady. Yes. Well, we knew that I'm an old lady. Um, yeah. Yeah. 35. Crazy. I mean, it was a little bit after Pixar had been like a little tiny studio where they actually started doing yeah, features. But still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did all the shorts. But yeah. still. Um, this is their 24th movie. Oh, my God. Which, yeah. When you were there for the first one, it's a really big deal. Crazy. Um, anyways, if you have other ocean questions from Luca or thoughts on whale falls. I'm not really sure. Maybe you also have a favorite anglerfish YouTube video. Um, Anyways, you can find us on social media. We're at nature finds a pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can head to our website, naturefindsapod.com. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or leave us a comment or share it with a friend who likes ridiculousness. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks to celebrate the reason for the season because tomorrow is Star Trek Day and the reason <laughs> for this podcast is to make me watch more Star Trek. Yay, so yay. we'll be watching a Voyager episode. Yes, we yes. will. We're watching the one with the giant infectious diseases. Ooh, so topical. Indeed. And also Janeway being a total badass. Um, That I already knew. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's great. Um, Hooray. Yes. And until then, stay Stay sciencey, friends. friends.